episode 197, The First Follower. This is the Ericast for the week of October 28, 2012. From Ericast.com. Welcome to the Ericast. Hey, welcome back. 206-339-3742. Thanks for listening. Those are kind of the key things. Uh, I'll even mention that I'm your host, Eric Larson, but yeah, do you really need to know that? I mean, you got here. You kind of know what's going on, right? So episode 197, we are closing in on 200. I really try to get this thing to be weekly. It really doesn't happen. I'll explain last week's scheduling thing, technical term. And I don't know, you know, I love... I love doing the podcast when uh, I actually can get around to doing it. When I'm done and I hit publish and it's out there, I, I just have this sense of accomplishment. So like I was telling somebody today, it's sort of like journaling because he asked, um, you know, how do you have time to do you know, all these blog posts and I've got like you know, three different blogs and I tweet and this and that. How do you find the time? And I told him, well, it's sort of like that, that journaling thing where you do it for your own personal uh, health, well-being, mental stability, such as it is. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, even if other people aren't actually reading or listening or whatever, isn't doesn't it still hold some sort of value? Well, I'm not so sure. So I'm thinking maybe I will end this at, would it have to be, I suppose it would have to be 200 episodes. I really want to hit 200. If you just end at 199, that'd be kind of weird. But once you've hit 200, it's like you've rolled the odometer over and you might as well keep going, right? Hmm. I don't know. So let me know. 206-339-3742, the sparse, barren listener feedback line to which no one is feedbacking. Yes, I do know that some of you have said, yeah, we should do something, and I haven't. It's not because I don't care. I really do care, and I feel very guilty about that. Life gets in the way. So here are a couple interesting things about uh, life, and then I will uh, I'll throw in the thing that this week's episode is named for, because I don't think I've ever talked about it in detail before on the podcast, and then we'll go from there. So one week ago tonight, and you're thinking, a week? Prior to the 28th, and I say no, no, because it's being recorded on Thursday. And again, Ruth's out of the house, the girls are in bed, uh, I've got tomorrow off, so I can just relax and kick back and record a podcast. One week ago tonight, I went up into downtown Minneapolis to the beautiful Graves Hotel, where Tim Westergren, who's the founder and C-something of Pandora, held a town hall. So I got to actually, I didn't like meet him, like, you know, shake his hand and stuff, because the crowd rushed up to him afterwards. But what an interesting guy to listen to. And it turns out he was born in Minneapolis, and then they moved when he was six. So he, you know, didn't really grow up here, but was kind of from here, so he's happy to come back. And, you know, his cousins and aunts and uncles and things were in the audience and said hi, or whatever. But this was the day that Pandora stock tanked because some rumor rekindled itself that Apple was going to release a Pandora competitor or something. And just to hear the uh, just some of the general conversation about the challenges of building a tool, a service that's meant for a really broad audience. So some of us who were kind of, you know, the, the Pandora geeks in the audience, because I've, I, I, what, I first heard about Pandora when I was working in our web and media services department. 
And believe it or not, web and media services is kind of the department where some of the web geek type people hang out. So one of the guys there had mentioned this new service called Pandora. And I think, I mean, it might have been in like an early, like, early release. I think it was past beta. Um, but somewhere in, I think it was late 2005. I think we put it on for like the Christmas party in 2005. And it was, it was early in the, in the Pandora life. And I just thought it was really cool. It's like, wow, it's great. Um, and the Music Genome Project is kind of the foundation or the, the roots or the genesis of that weird attraction project that I keep mentioning every few months, that whole notion of what if you could categorize people by these same sorts of qualifiers um, and sort of find interrelationships among there. So, you know, someone would say, you know what, Eric? It turns out that you just really like women with bangs. Who knew? You know, that sort of thing. Remember that? We've talked about that. Well, that's, that's what Pandora does, but with music, which is kind of neat. Slightly less creepy, I guess. But really, I'm not trying to be creepy. I'm really not. Anyway, so I think Pandora's really cool, and it was neat to be able to go to that. Of course, it meant that I didn't get a podcast recorded that night. So it's just one of those things where, my goodness, time just flies, and you know, here we go. I had to re-listen to one of my podcasts because I was going to make a reference in an email. Um, a colleague made, made a, you know, let's get ready to rumble reference. And I thought, oh, I could do the whole, you know, I like quote the whole Michael Buffer thing in my Ready to Roomba episode. And I wonder what was in that episode. And is that really appropriate to dig out of the archives and reshare with my colleague? Well, I'll throw the headphones on. And I'll listen to it as I get some other work done. And so I was listening to to myself from you know, a year and a half ago in normal speed. I couldn't even speed it up. Just playing it in the default folder on the Mac or whatever. I'm really not that interesting to listen to. I don't know why you're... I'm glad you're listening. I don't know... I don't know why. So let me know why. 206-339-3742. And I'm thinking perhaps, possibly, maybe, the reason is that occasionally I have insightful things like this. So I'm going to play a clip, um, and unfortunately I forget his name. I've got to quote him, um, so I'm going to go to YouTube um, and search for First Follower. And it's um, from Derek Sivers, S-I-V-E-R-S. So I'm assuming that's a long I, and it's not Sivers, but I'm assuming it's Derek Sivers. He has a, and I think I mentioned this in passing before, a really very embarrassing, but since nobody listens to the podcast, I can actually I can actually tell you this because it's just you and me. There's no one else. I um, mean, you're a good friend, so that's cool. I had a, uh, uh, what is he? Not a colleague from my main job. Colleague from my side work? I don't know. Um, associate? Hey, one of my associates. Um, we were in some sort of conversation talking about, you know, dreams and plans and future and, and life and direction and stuff. And I was talking about, you know, not being good at prognostication and not not really being aimless, but you know, what is my niche and all that stuff that we've always talked about on the podcast. And he said, "Have you ever seen this video?" And I had never seen the video. And sitting there in the Caribou Coffee, which is kind of like the 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 local big chain of like a Starbucks. So think Starbucks, except it's a local version. We have both up here. Caribou is really pretty good. This literally 
moved me to tears. I mean, who's this crazy guy sitting in the corner weeping with some other guy? I mean, that was just weird. But this video, and you really have to see the video. So I'm going to see if I can throw it in. I'll at least link it in the show notes. I'll, I'll do it as an embed at ericast.com. Remember, ericast.com for all your ericast needs. I'll I'll put it there. But the audio is is good enough. And I realized that this this in three minutes captured my whole leadership issues and how it's not all about leadership and we shouldn't be putting a value on leadership, value judgment on leadership above following and followers are important and without followers you don't have leaders and why don't people value the follower, etc. Well, this took that and then kind of like put it out on like mega warp hyperspeed, technical terms there, and really grabbed what I've been trying to trying to articulate for years. So rather than my continuing to not articulate it, I'm going to roll in the audio from Derek Siver's Leadership Lessons from the Dancing Guy. If you've learned a lot about leadership and making a movement, then let's watch a movement happen start to finish in under three minutes and dissect some lessons. First, of course, a leader needs the guts to stand alone and look ridiculous. But what he's doing is so simple, it's almost instructional. This is key. You must be easy to follow. Now here comes the first follower with a crucial role. He publicly shows everyone else how to follow. Notice how the leader embraces him as an equal. So it's not about the leader anymore. It's about them, plural. Notice how he's calling to his friends to join in. See, it takes guts to be a first follower. You stand out and you brave ridicule yourself. Being a first follower is an underappreciated form of leadership. The first follower transforms a lone nut into a leader. If the leader is the flint, the first follower is the spark that really makes the fire. Now here's the second follower. This is a turning point. It's proof the first has done well. Now it's not a lone nut and it's not two nuts. Three is a crowd and a crowd is news. A movement must be public. Make sure outsiders see more than just the leader. Everyone needs to see the followers, because new followers emulate followers, not the leader. Now here come two more people, then three more immediately. Now we've got momentum. This is the tipping point, and now we have a movement. As more people jump in, it's no longer risky. If they were on the fence before, there's no reason not to join in now. They won't stand out, they won't be ridiculed, and they will be part of the in-crowd if they hurry. And over the next minute, you'll see the rest who prefer to stay part of the crowd, because eventually they'd be ridiculed for not joining. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how a movement is made. So let's recap what we've learned. If you are a version of the shirtless dancing guy, all alone, remember the importance of nurturing your first few followers as equals, making everything clearly about the movement, not you. Be public. Be easy to follow. But the biggest lesson here... Did you catch it? Leadership is over-glorified. Yes, it started with the shirtless guy, and he'll get all the credit. But you saw what really happened. It was the first follower that transformed a lone nut into a leader. There's no movement without the first follower. See, we're told that we all need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. When you find a lone nut doing something great, have the guts to be the first person to stand up and join in. 
Okay, did you catch that? We're all told we need to be leaders, but that would be really ineffective. The best way to make a movement, if you really care, is to courageously follow and show others how to follow. That, at least in my professional life, that is pretty much 100% of my world. I'm, I'm not a developer. Even when I, when I was in our development shop professionally, I was not the one doing the development. I was the one supporting the various tools and saying, oh, we could use this to do that. Oh, we need a comment engine. Why don't we just take movable type and create a fake blog post and then use its comment section to attach to the thing that you really want the comments on. Then we'll just load that to frame. It'll be perfect. You know? Before that, the first thing I, the first, the, the thing that I no longer hang my hat on because it's kind of lame to say, well, you know, back in 1999, we've got a guy, I, I hope, well, I was going to say, I hope he doesn't listen. I'm sure he doesn't listen, but someone knows somebody um, who invented Gopher. Now, Gopher was, was, it kind of stood in the gap between Telnet and the World Wide Web. Uh, and it was invented at the University of Minnesota. The Golden Gophers is their mascot. Therefore, it was called Gopher, and it was used to browse through sites. It was really cool, circa 1992-93. And for a long time, he was, you know, <laughs> you know I invented Gopher. Well, Okay, fine. So, at some point, you got to move on. I, having learned that lesson from him, don't hang my hat on work that I did in 1998 or 99. 99, I think it was. Um, but this, my one big development project, we called it MacNet, so that our, our Macs on campus could connect to the NT network the same way the PCs did. Well, all it was, was an AppleScript wrapper for Dave, which was a product from Thursby that, um, that, that used the, um, I don't even remember. See, it's a good thing that my brain can purge these things. It was the NTFS, um, file communication protocol so that the Macs could connect to NTFS volumes and you didn't have to turn on, on, on Apple sharing, you didn't have to do Apple talk over the network and all that kind of stuff. It was great. But rather than making people, well, go in here and click this and do that and map that, it's like, hey, we can use this product and take this and tie this in and then we'll put this nice little front end up and it'll pop up just like it does on the PCs. It'll make the Macs look just like the PCs and then they'll be participating citizens in the campus network and you won't have that whole you know, reluctance to say, oh, I don't want to mess with that. So yeah, woohoo, I wrote that. Well, all I did was say, well, here's a tool that we can use and here are a couple things we can do to make it easier and rah, rah, I think this is good. You know, so to have... Someone come out and say, that's that's okay. <laughs> In fact, that's not only okay, that's really good. Um, the the leader is good. The lone nut out dancing, that's a good thing. You, you need you need your, your lone nuts. But as important, or maybe even more important, you need someone who will follow and show others how to follow. follow. Amen! Amen! I think that's great. So... Um, I figured I would throw that in as a little encouraging send-off to myself uh, because in a few days I'm leaving on a jet plane. And I do know when I'll be back again. I'll be back in, in a week. Um, next week I'm going to Educause in Denver, Colorado. Educause is the nationwide consortium of higher ed technology professionals. I don't know if that's what they call it, but that's basically what it is. So you take all the 
the geeks who work at colleges and universities and put them in one conference in Denver. It's, a, it's a, like thousands of people. It's going to be like five or 6,000 people. I am not a travel guy. And the challenge about EDUCAUSE is EDUCAUSE always falls in late October. Well, the other excuse, the reason that the podcast is kind of all messed up is because we have the girls' birthdays. And the girls' birthdays are in late October. And so, really, I just I can't do the EDUCAUSE thing because the timing is just really bad. And I'm not going to abandon my kids and say, Hi, Daddy loves you, but he's leaving now so that he can go hang out with a bunch of strangers while you celebrate a milestone. Woo! Not too cool. And I've said literally for years, because I went in 2005, and I said, you know, if I ever go again, it would have to be like their Denver one, because that tends to run later. And then a couple years ago, when they like had everything mapped out and stuff, it's like, well, you know, if I ever go to Educause again, it would have to be Educause 2012, because that's when it's in Denver, and it's it's in early November instead of October, so I'd actually be past all the birthdays and stuff. Well, then that rolled around. I said this spring, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if we've got the funds or not, or whatever, but we can, you know, if we could, it'd be really cool, because if I'm ever going to go, it'd be this year, and all the stars aligned and things worked out, and I'm going to Educause, which is great, personally and professionally, but I am realizing as I close in on this that I just really don't like travel. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I some I sometimes look back with regret when we did uh, the family trip to Scotland back in uh, in 1997 and all the things we didn't do and didn't see. You know, I came back and of course that was before the web was super popular. It was out there. It was kind of, you know, past the the peak of gopher. So there was a web, but I didn't really do a lot of research on like what's in and around Edinburgh. I talked about this a, f- a few months back. That we The last day we ended up going to this little chapel in the middle of nowhere that was called Rosalind Chapel, which, of course, is before the whole, um, what was it called, the, um, the Da Vinci Code, blah, 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 whatever. So it was this really cool and practically deserted place. But I found out later... Like one of the VizCon professors I worked with, he said, oh, I can't believe you were like right there in downtown Edinburgh and you didn't go to the such and such museum and see this and that. And, oh, you're kidding me. Like, no, I didn't know there was anything there. That's going to be my Denver experience. I'm going to fly in. Um, I'm going to try not to get too upset at my taxi or shuttle ride experience for 45 minutes in from the airport. I don't do well with those. I just... I just... I... All of my travel experience issues have all related to taxi rides. I I could do, I could I could close out the Ericast the next three episodes. I could with just bad ta- bad taxi rides, and that that would be my three word title. And so, what, taxis part two. I mean, I don't know how I would do that. I had so many so many stories. Then I'm going to get to my hotel, which is a couple blocks from the convention center. And then the next day, I'm going to walk to the convention center, go to the conference, come back in the evening. And, I mean, it, that's, you know, lather, rinse, repeat, and then Friday I'm flying out and I'm coming home. I know Denver's got some cool stuff. What this is doing, so here, if if the plane goes down, coming or going, here are my parting words to, to you. Um, pondering this whole experience 
the, the travel travel to Denver experience thing and looking at the tourism guides and this and figuring what can I fit in I mean I'm there for the conference but as long as you're there is there anything else you can squeeze in in the evenings or something is making me really really appreciate the Minneapolis St. Paul area and it reminds me that I am not I'm not doing enough here we have boy we have a it's not just quarries. You know, we have a really beautiful environment, and I need to capitalize on that more. So that's, that's, my, that's my vow and pledge, and it's taking me just planning. I haven't gone to Denver, but it's taking me planning to go to get me to think about that. So that's, that's where I'm at. And I'd love to know what you think about any of the plethora of topics I've given you to ponder. So do grab that phone, dial 206-339-3742, and leave a message on that awkwardly intro-recorded listener feedback line. I do call it occasionally to try and keep it from from just crashing and dying and disappearing. And boy, that, that greeting does not sound good. Uh, but that's okay. You know what you're calling. So as long as it kind of sounds like me, when you get an answer, it means you got the right number. And leave a message. We'll play it on the podcast. Um, or send me an email, eric at ericast.com. I would say, or, you know, tweet me or Facebook me or MySpace me or whatever. Uh, but, you know, for me, just for my own sanity, as I'm trying to keep my various you know, silos of existence all straight, um, either do the voicemail or the or the email to eric at ericast.com so I actually can can note it and pay attention to it. Because if, if you just say something on Facebook, I might see it, I might not, and then poof, it's gone, and, and it's just... It, that's just not nearly permanent enough for, for an Aerocast experience. So do that. Let me know what you think. And until next week, which actually won't be, sorry, will not, well, maybe, maybe Friday, hmm. Okay, since I say it all the time anyway, I'll say it, but it won't be this coming week. I don't think it will, but I'll say it anyway. Until next week, take care. Thanks for listening to the Aerocast from Aerocast.com. Visit us at www.aerocast.com.